Welcome to the Crescent Podcast. I'm Leanne. This podcast is an extension of my personal philosophy and commitment to continual growth in all areas of life. I firmly believe that optimal health comes from addressing all areas of us as human beings, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Well, it's been a couple weeks since the last Evox series episode, and I think having a couple weeks off from it has renewed the vigor and the excitement to share the journey I'm going through with Evox. I couldn't wait to release those client conversations episodes. And so I wanted to get those up and out for you guys to be able to listen to. And so that's why I took a week or two off of the Evox series. And for anyone who's not aware of the client conversations, this is a new segment on the podcast where I am having a longer form conversation with some of my Evox clients and they're getting to share their testimonials. But unlike a little written testimonial that maybe goes up online, we're able to spend a lot more time getting into the nuance of their experience with Evox, what their life looked like before, how it has impacted them, the ripple, the positive ripple effect Evox has had on their families, their relationships, their spouses, the questions they had, what they maybe were confused about with Evox and what they'd like to share with anyone who is considering doing Evox. So those have been such an honor to be able to have those conversations. There's two that are out so far, and I'll make sure those are linked in the show notes. And before getting into today's Evox episode, my final announcement is that Evox memberships are now live. These are something that have been in the works for a few months, and I am just absolutely ecstatic to be able to offer to you all to make doing Evox consistently even more accessible for all of my returning clients. I know I've shared it before, but I want to share it again. There are currently two Evox memberships available. There's the individual membership, which is one returning client Evox session a month for $89. Keep in mind that normally a returning client Evox session is $125. So you're getting such a good deal if you're signing up for the membership. And then there's the family plan that I'm calling it, but it can also be for the individual. And it's two returning client Evox sessions a month. If it's just you as an individual, you get to use those two Evox sessions at that discounted rate. But I call it the family plan because if you're wanting to share Evox with your family, anyone in your immediate household, then you can share those two sessions amongst the family, which I think can be so great if one month one of you really wants to use both of them maybe the next month you you use one your partner uses another or your child uses another it can be a really great accessible affordable way to share evox with your immediate family what i want to add here is these are the two starting points either a membership that's two evox sessions a month or a membership that's one evox session a month 
But if there is enough interest in creating a membership that's maybe three Evox sessions a month or four Evox sessions a month, I have no opposition to that, but I'd love to hear if that's something that's of interest to you guys who are maybe wanting to use it on even more of a consistent basis. So those are now live and I'm so, so excited. Check the link in the show notes to learn a little bit more about those and to sign up. There's also some other fun perks that come with the membership. So definitely go check that out. Okay, so on to today's Evox episode. Like I said, I feel like I have a renewed vigor for this series. And especially because this week I had a really big epiphany that I knew I had to take through an Evox session. And this was kind of fun because normally a lot of my epiphanies come during the Evox session. And I do think I I had more epiphanies as I was going through the session, but I actually had this epiphany kind of as I was going through my day in a very specific experience, which I'll share. And then I was like, holy cow, that's it. And I knew I needed to dissect it a little bit more in the Evox session. And that was so, so helpful in piecing it all together. And so the epiphany was, I'll set the scene. I was at a little local privately owned gym here in Orange County And I haven't been in a gym for a couple years at least. And so I decided to, I'm wanting to like get, really pick up my level of fitness for some very specific purposes. And so I decided to do this free class trial where I went to the class and was doing it. And as someone who played competitive soccer for half of my life, I know what it feels like to give 110% and really leave it all in a training session, whether it's on the field or in the gym. I know what it feels like to feel that fatigue and tiredness and be like, no, I am going to keep going at this pace. I am going to push myself to the edge today so that I can get that much better. And It struck me so intensely as I was in this group class, you know, there there wasn't that many people in it, but you're going through all of these different um, rounds, I guess, doing different exercises, doing different sets of those exercises. And it hit me so strongly. I felt such a resistance to shifting into that next level. It's like I could not get myself to push myself harder. And I want to explain why this was such an epiphany for me, because I don't think that resistance to pushing myself to my very hardest, to my very, very best, I don't think that has just been acute to physical activity. And as I was tuning into that, I was like, you know what? Actually, over the last five years, I think there has also been a resistance to pushing myself to my very, very best in every area of my life. There has been a resistance to giving my all. And that is what I wanted to explore more of. Okay, where is this resistance coming from? And I already had an idea. And how can I start to clear that out? Because it has absolutely been a barrier in my life over the last five years, I'd say. But I, and I think 
in Evox this year, it was something that I had mentioned, especially in maybe the first two or three Evox episodes that I had done this year. I think I was able to already identify there's some resistance to giving my all, but something about literally physically, tangibly feeling, viscerally feeling in my body, the brakes coming on of, oh, I know I can push harder and my body just going, nope. And the brakes were going on in that workout session. Something about that really clicked a puzzle piece in for me of, okay, wow, that is, I'm feeling that response. I'm feeling those brakes go on so hard when I'm trying to shift into that next gear. And that's exactly what's been happening in all the other areas of my life. It just hasn't been so visceral that I could see it so clearly as I did in this moment. So going into the Evox, I already knew this was the topic that I wanted to begin to puzzle out through the session. And (laughs) I already knew right away at least one of the core roots of this pattern that I had been in. Because the thing is, and I talk about this in, again, some of those earlier episodes, I always was the higher achiever. That is who I was until junior year of college when I quit my university soccer team and gave up my athletic scholarship, gave up that community environment. And I'll link those episodes because I did do some deep emotional work with Evox on that experience because it was so impactful and genuinely traumatic for me. But I know that this was a key moment, a key experience for me, because up until that point, I gave 110% in all areas of my life, in academics, in friendships, in athletics. And something about that experience, after that experience, I never gave 100% again. In academics, in athletics, in, in all areas of my life. And I can see that correlation so distinctly. And so going into the Evox, one of the first questions coming up in my mind was, okay, has there been a subconscious coupling with this idea of pushing myself to my hardest and a deep sense of disappointment? Like now my subconscious has coupled those two together. When I give my best, I end up disappointed. And I certainly think that's a role in it. But... There were two distinct phrases that kept coming up in my mind again and again. And the first phrase was, there's no point. There's no point to push myself this hard. There's no point. And then the second phrase that was coming up was, you just have to get through this. You don't need to give your best. You just have to get through this. And I want to explain this a little bit more because when those phrases came up in my mind, there was such a resonance through my body of, yes, that is exactly how I felt. And so to set the scene for you guys a little bit, my college experience playing soccer was, unfortunately, it was an environment that was full of manipulation, degradation, belittling. And so it was the first time in my life where I really did give 110%. And then 
I was met with this attitude of, well, you, you're just not doing enough. It's your fault. You're X, Y, and Z. And I think to set the scene anymore, and I apologize because this is really long winded, but I think it's worth explaining it for you guys. So (laughs) up until my junior year of high school, I had been a center defender in soccer. It was my joy, my passion. I loved it so much. But then randomly, our goalkeeper on the soccer team left And I was the tallest girl on the team. So the coach was like, hey, I need you to play goalkeeper until we can find another person. Can you go to the goalkeeper training sessions just so that we have someone back there? And I ended up also being very, very good at that goalkeeper position naturally. And so there were conversations with my coaches at that time. And they were saying, look, you can certainly go for an athletic scholarship as a center defender. However, It will be much easier to get an athletic scholarship as a goalkeeper because there's not that many good female goalkeepers on the market, let's say. However, there are just statistically a higher amount of good female center defenders. So it'll be much easier to stand out as a goalkeeper. And every part of my being was saying, you want to be a center defender. You want to be a center defender. You do not want to be a goalkeeper. But I... I just listened to that input and went against my intuition and against my heart. And so long story short, by senior year, I think middle of senior year, I had been a goalkeeper for about a year, year and a half at that point and ended up getting recruited to Cal Baptist University here in Southern California as a goalkeeper, which was huge, huge news. Having only been a goalkeeper for a year and a half, two years that's pretty big to get almost a full ride scholarship at that point, which was huge and amazing. And I'm so grateful for that. But all of that said, again, long winded and I apologize. I knew that I had so much to learn in this position. I had a lot of raw talent, but I needed, I knew I needed a lot of guidance and training. And unfortunately, the situation at this team was that the person who was in charge of training the goalkeepers was incredibly negligent and was not training us and was devoting their time to the field players, was showing up late to practices, was taking us through the same practice day after day after day. And so I was not learning anything and I was not performing well because of it despite giving 110%. But unfortunately, what I was met with when I would go into one-on-one conversations with this person, instead of them saying, hey, I get that you're new, I get that you're raw, and there's a lot you need to learn, and I see that you're giving 110% at practice, they responded to me, instead of owning up and saying, you know what, I I do show up late to training and I apologize. And I haven't been applying myself and coming up with really good educational sessions for you. So that's my part in this. And I know that I can do better for you and the other goalkeepers on this team. Instead of owning up to that, this person really tried to manipulate me into saying, no, it's your fault. You're not working hard enough. 
you're, you're not staying long enough after the scheduled sessions to train more on your own. And, and so many other instances of just manipulation and belittling and not owning up to the part they were playing in it. And so bringing that back to this idea of giving 110%, I got to a point where coming back to those two phrases that were in my mind during this EWAC session, I got to a point of going, what is the point? What is the point of showing up day after day, training for four hours (laughs) on this field if it is going to amount to nothing? And at the end of the day, I am going to be treated as if I'm not giving 100%, 110%, as if it's my fault and get this response. And I do think that I shifted into that mindset of, you know what, fuck this, honestly. <laughs> What's the point of giving 110%? And now I just need to get through these days. It's so much time spent with this person and I just need to get through it. I need to numb out a little bit and get through these sessions. And that's how I was feeling going into that junior year. And it shifted very quickly into, I don't want to just be numb here. But I also realized that I have, I cannot change anything in this situation. I've tried having conversations with this person. I've tried reporting to the superiors, as did many other people on the team, reporting to the superiors that this person was being manipulative and belittling and X, Y, and Z. And it was very clear that they were also not going to do anything. And so junior year, I think I just made that decision of, well, I, I there's no point in giving 110%, but I also don't want to be here if I'm not going to give 110%. And so I think it's time to leave this environment. And that is when I quit the team. But there was, there were certainly subconscious beliefs that were made about the idea of giving 100%. And I think one of those was uh, like, my subconscious wasn't able to identify that, no, this was an acute situation and it's okay to still give 110% in the rest of your life. I was so demoralized and defeated from that event. And I really do think my subconscious was like, well, there's just no point to give 100% anywhere. And as I was going through the session, there was some very clear imagery that was coming up in my mind that I think so succinctly illustrated what I was feeling in my heart about this over the last five years. And it was this imagery of me sprinting up this really, really steep, narrow flight of stairs. And there's no... It's almost like a floating staircase. There's no siding. There's no bars. There's nothing to hold on to. If I fall off, I'm just falling back to the bottom of this staircase. And so the imagery in my mind was me just sprinting as fast as I possibly could up this staircase, getting to the top, so tired, so proud of myself for pushing myself so hard. And at the top was this person, this coach. And instead of being like, oh my God, look at you. Good job. Look at that effort you gave. I'm so proud of you. They just actually push me off the side of the staircase and I go falling right back down to the bottom. And 
as I was seeing this imagery, there was such a shock that went through my body seeing that of, wow, I wasn't expecting that. This was someone that I looked up to. This was someone that I thought was going to be not an idol, but someone that could help guide me in this new phase of my life. And it was so shocking to realize that not only were they not that person, they were actually someone who was actively bringing me down and wounding me. And so it was this imagery of, okay, like those first couple years on that team, it's like, okay, I got pushed down, but I'm going to sprint up again and I'm going to sprint up again, even though every time I get to the top and I'm so exhausted and I'm so depleted, they just push me right back down to the bottom. And finally, I realized like, what is the point of sprinting to the top of the staircase anymore? Because as soon as I get up there, I'm going to be pushed right back down and it's going to be so painful and I'm going to be so depleted. So what's waiting for me up at the top isn't exciting. So I'm going to take my sweet ass time getting to the top. First of all, I am not going to give 100%. I am going to give the minimal amount of effort that I possibly can. So at the very least, when I do get to the top, I'm not completely depleted. And when I do get pushed back down to the bottom of these stairs, I'll have a little bit of reserves left to keep enduring this torture again and again. And I think that's so succinctly summarized how I was feeling, but also how I've been feeling ever since. And knowing that that was the idea, that that was the belief that my subconscious has been looping on for the last five years, it makes so much sense why I felt such resistance to giving my all, whether it's in athletics, in physical health, in relationships, in business, whatever it is, there's been that resistance there. And so I knew I needed to reframe this. And the first the first way that I started to do that in my mind was just having a conversation with myself and saying, obviously this was so painful, acknowledging all of that, but then letting myself know this was such an acute situation that your mind that you have now extrapolated and applied to every situation in your life. And so I needed to model or kind of almost explain to my subconscious that this one acute situation does not mean that every other time in the rest of my life when I give my all, I'm going to get to the top of the stairs and be pushed down. I needed to let myself know that. But then I also did some really good visualization keeping with this imagery that I already had. And so I imagined getting to the top of that staircase and instead of this person waiting for me there, waiting to push me off the edge, I imagined Omid, my husband, my mom, my brother, my sister-in-law, my best friend. I imagined all of those people up there waiting for me and actually cheering me on so hard and congratulating me and telling me how proud they were of me. And in fact, kind of pulling me up those last few steps because they could see how depleted I was and soaking in, no, there are not people waiting at the top to destroy you. There are people waiting to cheer you on and then get you ready to go up the next flight of stairs so you can keep up leveling and keep up leveling. And I was crying in that part for sure because 
that was, it's like my body, my mind, my spirit wanted to believe that, but it was stuck on this old thing. And it was so ready to release that old belief. But the other thing that I made sure to touch on in this Evox session was, I'm not trying to be idealistic in the sense that I'm telling myself, no, 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 for the rest of your life, there's never going to be anyone who will want to bring you down because that's just not true. (laughs) So I'm not trying to tell myself that I'm actually trying to be realistic. And so even in that imagery, I was telling myself, you know what, on occasion, there may be people waiting at the top of the stairs to bring you down for whatever reason. And so I imagined two different scenarios in to address that. Number one, I imagined my friends and family still there at the top. And as maybe some negative person is trying to push me down, I imagined my friends and family like pulling that person off of me and getting them away from me and creating a barrier to protect me, to keep me there at the top of the stairs. But then the second thing I also imagined in relation to that is, look, there are going to be moments in life when I do feel like I got pushed down the stairs again. I think that's probably inevitable. And so I imagine that scenario of feeling like I had gotten pushed down again. But this time, instead of laying there at the bottom of the stairs, defeated and alone and hopeless, I imagine my friends and family coming around me, picking me up, dusting me off, giving me nourishment, giving me love, giving me um, food and sustenance to then get back up and go back up those stairs again. And I felt such a shift in my heart and in my body of, okay, I can finally release all of this resistance and release this old belief and wounding and ideas that why, why the fuck would I want to get to the top of these stairs if there's this person waiting there at the top to just kick me right back down again? And I can't even tell you how good it feels to let go of that, how excited I feel to start giving that effort that I know has been there, that I've wanted to give, but it's just felt like those breaks have gone on automatically again and again and again. And it feels like my mind finally believes that it doesn't need to put on those brakes anymore because what's waiting at the top is joy and celebration and safety, not disappointment and despair and pain. And I know that this for me is such an acute situation of athletics, but I think there are so many of us and maybe even you as the listener who can relate to a time where you gave 110% and you were so earnest and you were met with that same thing. You were met with such disappointment that ever since then you have felt the same kind of resistance to give your all, whether it was in a professional setting, whether it was in a relationship setting of giving your all and being met with such a negative response or experience. And so I think that's a good question to ask yourself is, do I, number one, do I feel a resistance to giving my all? Even though in my heart, I know I want to, it feels like those breaks are going on. And if so, can you track it back to a time where you did give your all and there was a really negative fallout? And and if that's the case for you, Can you do some deeper emotional processing around that? Acknowledging the emotions that were around that, 
looking at what subconscious beliefs your mind might have created from that experience and then observing intimately how those beliefs, how those repressed emotions have been affecting your life ever since then. So I hope that was a good welcome back to this Evox series. It felt so good to have those epiphanies and to be able to share that with you guys. I, As always, I hope that it's expansive. I hope that it's inspiring, educational, and if there's any feedback that you'd like to share, how this resonated with you, I would love, love, love to hear it. Send me a DM on Instagram or a message on any social media platform. Send me an email at support at It'll all be linked in the show notes below. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for being here and just have an amazing weekend. Oh, I do have to add in. Coming on Tuesday is a podcast interview with Danielle on Skenar therapy, which I am ecstatic about. This has been a long time in coming. You guys have heard me talk about Skenar many times over the last few months, and I'm so excited that this interview is finally launching. So that's what you have to look forward to next week is an interview on Skenar, so you guys can learn all about that, and then another solo episode coming on Friday. 